Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Happy 2021, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, another year, but you know he's the co-host. His name is Padawan Jay. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. It's a new year, but still the same old ODPH bringing you the same old news that you love hearing each and every week. So definitely join in that conversation on social media. You can find all our links and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. So let us kick off this first episode of 2021 talking about the big slate of MCU projects coming out. Because Christ, we hope come out at this point, because I'm, I'm anxious. At this stage... We know that we are less than two weeks away from WandaVision kicking off a mm-hmm. big slate of programming mm-hmm. that is lined up between Disney Plus, if movie theaters are open, and whatever is going to be the future happening there going right to the end of the year. Yep. Marvel has aligned itself to obviously make a good run for taking 2021 by storm. Right. I know they've been a little quiet since last year with everything going on, and we completely understand why. And if you want to really delve into it, well, they've had some projects come out. They've had the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They did have Hellstrom appear on Hulu, if you want to count that in the mix. But this is the real MCU. Right. Agents, I do count with that. Oh, absolutely. But if we really want to get into the nitty-gritty, where are we talking Disney Plus, then we are talking this, the MCU lineup. So Pad has the lineup Mm -hmm. going from top to bottom for this year. So let's break it down and get you a little something to be excited about. Yeah, so uh, the article I'm reading from, courtesy of uh, the folks over at CNET.com, have it split up by uh, film and then uh, Disney Plus series, but since they put the dates there, I'm going to do the extra homework for you, and I'm going to go in uh, chronological order. Okay. Uh, So coming up first, like Ken mentioned, on January 15th, releasing everywhere at, well, figure out the time yourself, it's 12 a.m. Pacific time, which makes it 3 a.m. Eastern time, you can figure out the rest from there, Uh, is WandaVision, uh, of course, the highly anticipated series uh, taking place with Wanda Maximoff. and then vision in some other astral worldly plane where shenanigans are going to ensue and she's going to tear apart the fabric of reality yeah this one is going to be a domino effect for the rest of the template for the Uh mcu that is obviously going to tie into the doctor strange uh multiverse of madness directly directly so if you want a preview of what that's going to be like and possibly spider-man 3 Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of rumors going around right now that this is going to be the show that kicks everything off and from what right. we've seen i fully believe oh it. i do too just because you you look at just the bare bones the surf you just you know kind of scratch the surface where okay you know she's done something where they're in this other world this other plane of existence where she's brought back vision vision is at this point in time as we record he dead Yes. You know, he, he did not come back after, you know, the snap was undone with uh, Avengers Endgame. He did. So she did some sort of shenanigans with her powers. We already know from the comics she's one of the most powerful, you know, beings in existence in the Marvel comic universe. She's got the potential to be in the cinematic universe. She's not there yet, but she's mm-hmm. got the potential. Right. But she's doing some sort of weird, crazy shenanigans where, you know, she misses Vision so much that she brings him back to life and then shenanigans ensue. We know and we've known since they announced WandaVision that this show is going to directly lead into the events of Doctor Strange in in the Multiverse of Madness, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, you know, 
it, it really shows how screwy things are going to get. The Doctor Strange has to come in and save the day. Absolutely. Well, anytime you deal with the Scarlet Witch, and if you know her history from the comics, Wanda Maximoff is one of the most polarizing characters mm-hmm. in Marvel history. That her powers have really been undescribable. I would say it, it, you almost want to think she can bend reality if she really pushes herself. I mean, she wiped out an entire group of people out of existence with three words. Exactly. That you really don't know the capabilities of where she can go. With. Yeah. You have a rough idea. Right. But where she has gone through the comics, and there's two series that I really want to point out to really demonstrate this. Avengers Disassembled, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic Avengers story, and House of M, right. which Pat had just alluded to as well. No more mutants. Now, are they going to tie that into this show? Hard to say. Maybe to a degree. They're going to borrow elements from yeah. it, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would fully believe that because where we saw Wanda, and we'll get into this next week in a little more detail, the end of Endgame, she was not in a good place. No. So where does that lead into the show and what she's going to be doing? It could go a lot of different directions. And where we go from there, we know that it's going to be nine episodes. Yep. That that has been confirmed. Yep. And that is going to set a template for an underlying story that's going to be going around. But I want to get into that when we start talking about our next show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the next uh, one due up on the Marvel Phase 4 list uh, coming out this year is on March 19th, releasing on Disney+, Plus, which is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, the I would say this is probably my most anticipated MCU yeah. show. Yeah, no, uh, mine as well. Yeah, I'm a big Winter Soldier fan. I love the Falcon too, and to see them getting paired together about who is going to take over the mantle of mm-hmm. Steve Rogers because obviously at the end of Endgame he has been properly aged. Yep. To he can no longer be Captain America. Right. So now it's kind of a state of flux. What are we going to get? What are we know is going to be the future of Captain America and what that role represents. Mm-hmm. We do know there are some returning characters coming in. Obviously, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are reprising their roles yep. as Winter Soldier and Falcon. We do know that the U.S. agent has been added. Yep. <laughs> and Baron Zemo is going to be returning as yes. well. So there is a lot of win that we've seen. We have seen one trailer. I think also, I saw something the other day, uh, George St. Pierre said Batrock is coming yes, back. Yes, Batrock is coming back as Which well. Which I'm all for. Yes. And there has been another casting as well that is going to kind of tie into a lot of these Disney Plus shows mm-hmm. that we are getting what we have been calling here on the ODPH for I don't know how long. And, mm-hmm. I, and I definitely feel like we were onto something a little bit and there's a little more smoke on that fire. Sure. And that is we are getting Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. And they did announce that Elijah Richardson yep. is reportedly joining the show as Patriot. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know this character from Young Avengers, you know that this is kind of the building block that we're seeing on all of these Disney Plus shows. Yep. There is going to be a tie into WandaVision with the Young Avengers. Like I said, I want to kind of save that for next week. Mm-hmm. But this has been some confirmation that is this is breaking that if it's reportedly true, which I, I fully believe it is because yeah. a lot of sites are running with this, they are slowly building those blocks for the next phase. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever that phase is going to be, whether it be movie or television show, we don't know. The only thing we can really take away from this show is the action we've seen thus far has been nonstop. Bonkers. You know, and and this is like, I'm, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm excited for what WandaVision is going to be because it's going to be weird and in a good way and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. But the thing that they've always said, you know, Bob Iger and the folks that be in, in charge of with Disney Plus and Marvel and, and Lucasfilm and all that, they've all said that, you know, the shows released on Disney Plus aren't going to be, you know, low budget. This They're going to have budgets of films. And yeah, obviously Mandalorian looks and feels like a Star Wars TV show. But 
I didn't get the sense of holy shit, this actually feels like a movie in the television format that's not butchered to hell like certain you know mm-hmm. former Marvel pro- projects were. Yeah. Uh, you know when they showed some footage from Disney Investor Day a couple weeks ago, that was when the, you know Falcon was flying through a canyon someplace and mm-hmm. somebody was pursuing him and there was like you know it was like anti aircraft explosions behind him or something. And I'm like that that was the moment when I went, oh they were serious. This looks like a movie. Yeah, which you want to expect from these shows because obviously if they're having these stars from the MCU movies come here, like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are going to yep. be reprising their roles as Scarlet and Vision. Yep. Uh, you are also uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, rather. You're also seeing Sebastian Stan come back as Winter Soldier. You're yeah. seeing Anthony Mackie come back as Falcon. So when you're seeing all these movie stars come back to their roles, you're obviously taking it into consideration like, okay, this should live up to the expectations of being a movie. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that we've seen with Disney Plus is their products are looking like movies to yeah. begin with. So yeah. you have to be super excited about that as well. And going in with this, we all are really excited to see what the future holds for Captain America. From mm-hmm. the storylines, they're going to be borrowing from a lot of different ones. From right. what tell. Right. I fully expect we're going to see another trailer before it's all said and done. Yeah, I would imagine there's going to be another trailer, maybe even like a little you know teaser. Because like, you know, the movies are have done that you know for you know, 10, 11, however many years now. I would imagine that at the end of, you know, uh, WandaVision, you know, you go through the credits, kind of like what they did with the end of Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the end of the credits and there's a, there's there's a little bonus scene of teasing. Hey, here's what's coming next uh, next time around. You know what I'd actually love? I would love them to drop the Eternals trailer at the end of WandaVision. Uh, that'd be good. Because I know everybody's on bated breath about talking about that. We'll yeah. get into a little later in the show. But I fully expect we're going to see a little teaser trailer for something at the end of that show as well. Yeah. And with Cap and, and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, rather, I wouldn't doubt that we do see something tying in with a little more so with the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. That I really fully believe that they're going to be tying that into more so MCU continuum. Right, and and it, maybe if, if S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization is involved, you know, maybe we start hearing some things about S.W.O.R.D. It wouldn't be out of the realm of thought. I not, think, not like full-blown plots and stories, but like you just are hearing whispers and mentions. Right, which I think you're going to hear more so in WandaVision than you are for Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. Could be. I think the the early rumor, which, I, which when we get closer to this show, I'll definitely start diving into a little bit more. I don't doubt that we hear, start hearing more about, excuse me, Thunderbolts. Mm, could be. I fully think that you're going to hear something happen with that because from the source material that we can figure they're talking about, they're talking about uh, an old Mark Grunwell story mm-hmm. uh, when Steve Rogers was forced to give up the mantle of Cap, and this is how U.S. agent got introduced. Yeah. And I think they're also going to borrow a lot from uh, Ed Brubaker's last run with yeah. the Winter Soldier. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of elements get kind of merged together, which I think Disney is smart enough to make happen mm-hmm. and not feel so crammed like Batman vs. Superman was. Yeah. Yeah, because Batman vs Superman had so many moving parts, well, it just too much never stayed on. on the track. Yeah, it just it didn't. Yeah, and that's where I think it fell apart. Where I think this show is just going to borrow a little bit from here, a little bit from there, and make it happen. And from what I've seen thus far, this looks like a spy espionage type mm-hmm. action movie. And yeah, sign me up, man. I'm here. Absolutely. Uh, next up, uh, you have the first of the theatrical releases, which is Black Widow, releasing on May seventh, twenty twenty one, both here in the states and overseas in the UK. Well, this is going to be an interesting one to predict yeah. because we do know this is a prequel. Yep. We do know Scarlett Johansson is reprising her role. Yep. And we are going to get the backstory of the Black Widow program. Mm-hmm. And anything after that is kind of up in the air because obviously with the events of Endgame, we know that Scarlett, or Scarlett Johansson's character is not around. Uh, she did. Allegedly. And you can kind of speculate what's going on there. And I know a lot of the fan base is asking, well, if the character is not there, why are we having a movie? 
Well, you're going to be introduced in the next generations of heroes, and obviously there it's is like a, it's partially Marvel's behind the eight ball a little bit. Well, you, you want to say maybe, maybe not. I think that they have something long-term planned. Oh, probably. And I don't doubt the mouse planning something like that as well because when they get going about ideas, they definitely want to do it. I know Florence Pugh is mm-hmm. taking uh, the role of Yelena, and I know that she's going to be more involved with the MCU going from the show, right. from the movie rather. Right. What that means, I don't know. But if you know anything about comics, you know death is not exactly permanent mm-hmm. unless you're Ben Parker. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll say there's a few exceptions. Yeah, he, He's the last one, to my knowledge, that has stayed dead. Yeah. So with Black Widow, I know that there's a way they can bring him back, or bring her back, rather. I know that they did something in the comics recently within the past couple of years right. that would explain it. Right. So not to say it's all the realm of thought, but I know this is going to be one of the highly anticipated projects because you're going to see so much of the back history of the MCU get brought to light that's going to have ramifications for the future. Mm -hmm. And I know this really is going to tie in with Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Up next, coming out in uh, May of 2021, we don't have an exact date yet. Uh, That is the coming to Disney Plus, which is Loki. Yeah, this one... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but honestly, this is kind of on the low end of my radar. I'll say it's more episodes of Tom Hiddleston, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, which is the selling point for me. Tom Hiddleston is amazing in the character of Loki. But time jumping and what the storyline is based off of, which is him and what he does with the Tesseract mm-hmm. and the events of Avengers Endgame, I, I'm i just interested to see how they play this. I off. feel this is going to have bigger implications than we obviously know right now, just because you get given... You know, what happened with Avengers Endgame where, you know, he was supposed to die. And then because of them going back in time and messing with time, he didn't die. He escaped. You know, so now he's kind of this out of time, you know, should be dead, but he's not. I feel like this might have in some ways have bigger implications for the universe at large. Maybe not immediately felt or seen, but it'll set something up down the road. It definitely has to. I mean, obviously, we don't know a lot about what is going to be going on with the Time Variance Authority. Right. That he's going to be connected with. And it could seem like a very high-tech, high-espionage crime story. Yeah. Which I fully think is going to be a time heist. Where this is all going to lie into, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. But this one, when I've seen the trailer for the little footage we've seen, I just don't have a full grasp of what they're going to do. Yeah. And I like that about it, but honestly, when I heard about the show, I was like, well, where are we going to go here? But I'm going to be tuning in no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, up next, you have for the next of the theatrical releases uh, coming out on July 9th, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Sign me up. Uh-huh. This is probably my most anticipated movie of Marvel Slate. I kind of hope there's a line in the movie where he just goes, I know Kung Fu. I just want to see a great karate film yeah, right? on the big screen. We haven't seen one in so long Yeah. that I just want to see something different. And I know when this movie was originally announced, I was like, Shang-Chi doesn't really work on the big screen per se because he's always a street-level superhero. Right. He kind of ties into the Iron Fist and Power Man gotcha. universe. I know he, he connected with Daredevil at times, too. Just He's always been known as like the, the best fighter in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But to see where he's going to pull this off and really implement his role in the MCU, they are changing around his origin a little bit. Right. And I know they're going to tie in the Mandarin. Ooh, that's right. The, the true Mandarin, not the crap we saw in Iron Man 3. Exactly. Because you're going to have the Legend of Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. So how is that going to tie in? Obviously, the Ten Rings is connected to the Mandarin. Yeah. To see this interpretation of Shang-Chi, though, I am definitely more focused on. Right. Because to see how they can really translate this in the land of 
the Avengers and, mm-hmm. and all the other Marvel properties they have coming out is going to be a real challenge. But like I said, I am one that really likes to see different films. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing the cookie-cutter MCU where I can't tell the difference if I'm watching Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, or Captain Marvel. Right. I want to see something that stands out. That's why I always say Black Panther stands out because it was such different than what we've seen sure. with the MCU. It's sure. a whole different look, a whole different feel. Same thing with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I was just going to say that, yeah. Because that follows the book, and that's definitely more of an espionage film than a Marvel MCU film, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So with Shang-Chi, I want to see the same thing. And like I said, to really see a, a great karate film that we haven't seen in ages. Right. And Simeon Liu has definitely looked the role. He's definitely, you know, just everything we've seen on social media, he's definitely got me excited for this film. He, he feels like, at least with his social media and his online presence, he feels like the next incarnation of what Robert Downey Jr. was for the MCU, where he was just kind of like the beacon and always about it and always being friendly with the fans and always doing this and always doing that. He definitely feels to have taken that kind of torch and run with it. Yeah, which I think is great on oh, his role because, like I say, Shang-Chi is not a household name no. in the MCU. And especially with everything involving this film, it's done filming. Surprisingly. Yeah, it's ready to go. We haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen anything. Those just production photos if you look them up. Yeah, if you really go search the internet, that's the only thing you can find for it. And I love the fact that it's done. I yeah. love the fact that... We just need a release date to drop it. The trailer is probably just sitting in a back room in Disney well, I mean, Studios. Really, the somewhere. release date's currently July 9th. Right. So but, we just need a trailer. But obviously subject to change. Oh, yeah, that's true. But we just need a trailer, and I think that that could be a, a big wow factor in whenever they want to decide to release this. Right. And with everything Lou has done, and obviously we know Tony Lung is going to be playing the Mandarin. We know Aquafina is going to be playing a character in the movie, too. Yep. I just say this has the most mystery around it, but I like it. Oh, absolutely. That I that I'm just absolutely sold on this. I'm sorry, Pat. No, you're fine. Uh, next up, uh, coming some point in the summer. This is kind of where a few things get a little not quite sure. Uh, coming up in summer of 2021, you have uh, to Disney Plus. You have the What If series. Now, What If we talked about a little briefly on the show, but just a quick update of what it is. It is a kind of an anthology story mm-hmm. that takes the most iconic moments in Marvel comics and says, well, what if something happened differently? Right. So you're going to see, for example, what if the Avengers didn't uh, beat Thanos in Endgame? Right. What if Peggy Carter became the super soldier instead of Steve Rogers, which is actually going to be an episode. Right. So there's going to be 23 episodes for this, or I think it's 23, 24, however many movies there are currently. Uh, But there's going to be one episode for each uh, of the Marvel cinematic movies. And that's actually pretty brilliant on their, their part, Oh, absolutely. Too. And I think I can get real crazy with this. And, of course, this will be uh, Chad, the late Chadwick Boseman's last performance as Black Panther in a couple of these episodes. So, mm-hmm. that, so you know, the anticip- anticipation will be high for this. I'm super excited for this just because I'm always a fan of and – and I think everybody is, you know, at some point in their life of – you know, especially, you know, when I was a kid with Star Wars, you, you know, you get the action figures and you start playing with them and you start having those scenarios in your head like, oh, what if Darth Vader, you know, joined the rebels and, and helped defeat the Empire and he, and he lived or you get Lord of the Rings like uh, there was the one Lord of the Rings game conquest where there was an evil mode and it was essentially what would have happened if Sauron got the ring. You know, so you essentially got to run around Rivendell where the elves live, destroying elves as, you know, uh, you know, the king of the ring race. You know, so I've always enjoyed those kind of stories because it's just fun to think about. Yeah, the comic has always been a great read. And especially if you're a longtime reader and you've always disagreed with certain stories. Sure. Done, it's always a fascinating pickup to go, OK, well, how would this turn out? Like right. I, know that I think in the past they've done 
Uh, what if Peter Parker became the Punisher? Right. Uh, what if the X Men didn't survive Inferno? That was one of them, actually my favorite episode or issues they've done. Uh, they just really have creative freedom, and oh, yeah. especially with being animated, yeah, that they're going to definitely run all over the place. And especially if they're borrowing from the movie, so the mainstream fans are going to have an idea what this. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and, it, and any character that appears on the show will be the actor or actress who portrayed them in the films. Yeah, which is great to see. The only yeah. the only new addition to the MCU here is Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing Watu, who is the Watcher, who right. is just watching and going to be your narrator. So I'm okay with this. Well, saying I think the only couple we only know of. A couple stories one like you mentioned is what if peggy carter got the super soldier serum instead of steve rogers uh i know another one is what if yondu picked up uh t'challa instead of quill uh the other one i know is zombies yeah the fact they're going to do marvel zombies is actually blowing my mind that's gonna be incredible yeah just because one i wouldn't expect disney plus to do this no i would expect it hulu yeah that i yeah the fact they're actually going to run with that i'm like okay I'm excited to see it. I just hope they go full tilt. I don't think they will, considering it's Disney+. Plus. I know, I know, but that's why I want to see I this. I wonder if they'll consult Greg Nicotero. Hmm. They'd be smart, too. Yeah, they would, you'd think. Yeah, especially going to try... What, what movie are they going to implement zombies in there for? It has to be, it has to be Infinity War or Endgame. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It has to be. Maybe. Or unless the original Avengers movie. Nah, which, may, yeah, maybe. Weird. It has to be a team ensemble. Either way, though... For animated projects, yeah, this is one that is officially on the slate. I know that Modoc is connected via Hulu, but I yep. don't know if it's under the Feige banner. Yeah, so, I don't think so. I don't think so as well, so, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but yeah. either way, sign me up. Yeah, a couple other uh, TV shows worth mentioning that I can't really put anywhere because, well, we don't have a release date for them yet. Uh, on Coming up in 2021 is the Hawkeye series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, two, Three words, Matt, Fraction, run. Enough said. Enough, enough said. Like the minute this drops, I'm probably gonna be losing it on social media because that. If you haven't read that run, whew, you are not ready for what is coming mm-hmm. with that. And obviously, Haley Steinfeld is gonna be playing yes. Kate Bishop. So they're currently filming. Yeah, currently filming right now. So we do know that that is happening. And obviously, she's getting a big push right now via yeah. the video game. Yeah, oh yeah. So the char- I see the ad every damn day online. Yes. So the character is definitely making some rounds, and obviously when this show drops, it's only going to explode more. And like I said, the Young Avengers story is going to be slowly Easter say, eggs getting put through all of these shows. I'll say the puzzle pieces are there. You just kind of have to put them together yourself. Yes. So it's just a matter of just really be paying attention. And definitely if you haven't picked up the book, get down to your local comic shop and go get the Hawkeye Matt Fraction run. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, coming up for the Disney Plus series coming out this year uh, in 2021, you have Ms. Marvel. One of the most popular characters in Marvel Comics. Uh, fastest rising, I would say, too, especially with the popularity from the video game. Absolutely. Her stock is rising huge with yeah. mainstream fans, too. So Aman Vellani is going to be taking over the role of Kamala Khan. And really don't know what, to, what to expect from the show, but I'm super excited to see it. So, oh, yeah, me too. So definitely a great way to keep growing the Young Avengers line. I don't know if Miss Marvel is going to be a part of that. I would say I wouldn't doubt it. I I don't know that for sure, but I know from Disney Investor Day, uh, she's going to show up in Captain Marvel too. Yeah, which I, it makes perfect sense too oh, as yeah. well too. Yeah, so definitely want to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and obviously that is a big slate of programming coming out. Yeah, for just Disney Plus because we got a couple more films to talk about. Uh, next up for the uh, theatrical releases coming out on November fifth, twenty twenty one, you have Eternals. You know my feelings on this. Uh-huh. I think this is going to be the first one that Disney takes a big L on. Uh, no, it would be the second because Inhumans. 
I've already blocked Inhumans out. So. Inhumans is a hot piece of garbage. Well, I would say this. As far as films go, Eternals is going to be. Eternals and Inhumans was supposed to be a film. Inhumans was, and then they decided and they to do cut, a TV and, show. And they cut up the movie into episodes. It's bad. Yeah. Well, the thing about the Eternals, if you don't know anything about them, they are a tough sell. They're, sure. They're not exactly ones that fans run to the comic shops to go pick up. I mean, you could say that about a lot of the properties before they became major household hits. True, but... With Eternal, like in comparison, Guardians of the Galaxy fans knew. I was I was thinking at least Ant Man too because I remember to you saying to you when you oh hey you want to go see Ant Man I'm like who the fuck is that right but Ant Man had been known through the comics at least yeah. from the Avengers so yeah. you had an idea who it was yeah. obviously Scott Lang and Hank Pym two different stories but that's apples and oranges but for Eternals which is this other inhuman like race mm-hmm. of aliens that are basically living amongst humans but kind of protecting everybody as well, too. Right. They've always been a tricky read for fans to get connected with. Mm -hmm. They haven't had a long comic run that fans are like, oh, I'm sold on this. Like, this is my team. Mm -hmm. And I know Marvel has tried rebooting them many times over the years. So I think they just had another renumber come out last week? Yes. So they're obviously trying to make a big push, and obviously right. with a with a movie coming out you know, eventually, yeah, yeah. you know they're going to happen. Now they have definitely stacked the cast for this. Oh my god! Angelina Jolie is playing Thana. Richard Madden, who we all know from Game of Thrones, is playing Icarus. You're having Brian Tyree Henry playing Fastos. Mm-hmm. Sama Hayek is playing Ajax. Kit Harrington is playing Dane Whitman, who is not an Inhuman, but we all know him as the Avenger, the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemma Chan is playing Cersei. So there is characters that are definitely known to fans sure. outside the MCU, sure. obviously from their work on Game of Thrones. Sure. And there's ones that if you've read Marvel Comics over the years, you do know who they are. So to see how this is all going to play out, I, I just, I'm not sold on the idea of how this is going to really connect with fans. I mean, it, it's definitely a risk given, like you said, it's not a big name, it's not a household name, but until I see a trailer, I'm optimistic about it, you know, and I think it's going to be one of those movies that, you know, it, it, it's kind of like how Iron Man 1 was for the entire MCU. Iron Man 1, if you go back and watch it, very simple, very straightforward, kind of low-key, nothing too crazy. You know, just a co- you know, co-worker who goes megalomaniac and decides to take over the company while also trying to kill his you know one of his friends. You know, so it's, I think it's going to be one of those kind of movies where, obviously, on a much grander scale, because, hey, the Eternals. Uh, but I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be a little simpler side, you know, nothing too bonkers or batshit crazy. But it's going to be setting up some stuff down the road. Well, I think this one is going to have a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah. Which is, is it enough, though, to really make this a big franchise? That's the biggest X factor about this. I mean, this could possibly take off. Mm -hmm. We have seen that there's been some toy figure footage leaked out. Right. So we do have an idea what's going on. Obviously, Celestial is being connected. It's a cosmic grand scale game that they're playing. Right. So... Other than that, it's kind of really up in the air. I mean, obviously, these heroes are created by Jack Kirby, so we all know the man, the myth, the king has definitely put his stamp on this. Mm-hmm. You know, rest in peace. But I just, I'm really struggling to kind of grasp the idea of how yeah. this is going to translate to run with because I mean, they're I'm, not the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And I mean, I'm optimistic about it until I see a trailer. If I see a trailer come out and it's not, you know, if it's kind of like how what was it, uh, the third Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. you know, where that trailer came out, I was like, yeah, that didn't exactly hit the mark for me. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic about it because hey, it's Marvel. They've had one miss in their entire run that they've directly been involved with. You know, that being in humans. 
you know, they've had one miss their entire, you know, 11, 12-year run. You know, that's a pretty good batting average. Oh, absolutely. That's why you kind of have to put faith in it. But for me, being a longtime comic reader, then when I heard Eternals was getting pushed, I'm like, why? I just, I don't get the love affair with it that they're so forward about making this into a movie. I think there are other properties Marvel has that they could definitely run with and do better. But I am optimistic to see what this is going to play out because, like you touched upon, the track record of the House of Mouse is very good. I think it's also a case of they want to set themselves up in a way where, you know, as good as, you know, the big team-up movies were, you know, uh, Civil War, uh, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame, and what have you, they were a little hand-tied because they kept having to have the same folks in the same movie and tied up over and over and over again. I feel like what they're trying to go with is a little bit like what you see in the comics, where it's kind of a rotating cast of characters. Yeah, you've got your established ones and folks who show up pretty fairly regularly. But I think they want to set themselves up so that when they... They'll obviously do some, you know, the big comic tie-in stories that you're familiar with. But when they want to do something big, and let's say they might have to interchange some parts because of rights or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to set themselves up. They're like, oh, hey, we want to do a a major team-up movie like, you know, the first Avengers movie, but we don't want to have to put in you know uh you know uh chris hemsworth in mm-hmm. every film you know chris hemsworth is good don't get us wrong and you know but we want to have some diversity and some different cast of characters in the movies yeah i mean it makes sense obviously gotta mix it up and i understand that but just for me sitting and watching going eternals i just have a lot of skepticism i'm very skeptical of it like yeah. i'm just skepticism about it sure. because like I say, unless you can have a really long comic run and sure. fans are excited to see sure. it, it's like, why even try doing it? And now, granted, I know the, they want to try doing something. Okay, well, these characters haven't touched. Let's give them some shine. Let's see what we can run with and do with. Sure. Obviously, they stack the deck with how this is casted. Oh, it's bonkers. Like I said, I mean, going into all the details of it. But with everybody they've tagged to this film, they have a lot of star power on it that's really going to draw in an audience. Mm-hmm. The sustaining factor is going to be the key here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is going to be the overall bottom line with this film. That for all the hype that's been going on and fans have been really wanting to see a trailer. Right. The fact we haven't seen one. And it's done. I, I know it's done. I I don't know if that's a good sign or bad sign. I think it's just a case of they're just waiting on it for whatever. Like I said, the movie comes out in November. You would have thought we would have had one by now, but who knows why they're waiting. Yeah, I would figure they would have done a teaser trailer. Yeah. Like, I think that at this stage, you need to, if you're planning on dropping this movie by the end of the year. Now, granted, I understand the state of the world. Movie theaters aren't open. Sure. But to do something where you've had a trailer done at least, we, mm-hmm. we know there might be a second one done at this point. I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything, but I'm speculating because obviously the movie's been I got a real good source. Done. Well, true. I know you are the plug. So if you say there is, I, I believe it. But I'm just I'm using my unofficial ODPH guess here. They've had they got to have at least one trailer done. The uh-huh. fact we haven't seen any footage other than toy figures released. I think so. Yeah, I don't maybe know. a couple of promotional images. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know if that's a good sign. I don't know, but yeah, I'm gonna go in. And I'm hoping to be surprised by this. I really am. Yeah, uh, and then closing out the year, you have the untitled Spider-Man uh, Seek Far From Home sequel uh, releasing on December seventeenth, twenty twenty-one, and as we know, it is currently filming. How do we come full circle? Well. Spider-Man 3 is going to be heavily influenced by WandaVision. Yeah. 
And if anybody's not really seeing it, for the amount of people that are allegedly tagged to this movie. Uh, we're allegedly in that movie. Yeah, we are. I'm reprising my role as Subway Rider number three. Ah. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, no, but just for everybody that's tagged with this, and this is everybody from the Sam Raimi universe mm-hmm. and the Andrew Garfield movies mm-hmm. and anybody that was remotely related to can Spider-Man. Can they die in the animated universe? That'd be, if we, can we get the 90s Spider-Man to show up? I'd be okay with that. That'd just, be awesome. Just do a voice cameo. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. I would think that this is going to tie into the multiverse, and we've already talked about this at a minor length, and obviously when we get closer to this, right. is Wanda's powers have kind of caused a cosmic rift throughout she, the she multiverse. Done, she done fucked up. She did, which, I mean, this is true to form in the comics. Yeah. Like when she goes yeah. completely off the rails with her powers, bad things happen. So the fact Doctor Strange now winds up in this movie, we yep. already know that Benedict Cumberbatch is involved. Yep. We do know that if all the rumors are true about everybody cameo how or cameoing, cameoing in this movie, mm-hmm. we do know that there is going to be a lot of quick frames happening. They're yeah. not all going to be involved no. in this. This is not going to be no. Endgame 2.0. No. I know early fan speculation is, but you have to really It'd be fun, it. but Christ almighty, no. There's no way. No way they're going to do that. What you're going to have is Tom Holland just appearing in different moments throughout the different Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. And you're obviously going to have the iconic meme pointing. Oh, that's going to happen. That's going to happen at some point. There's no way that's not going to happen. It's like Christ Almighty, they worked it into the video game. Yeah, so they're definitely going to wind up doing that. And then after that is going to be kind of the telling point of what the franchise is going to do moving forward. But WandaVision is the one that kicks off. I know the Morbius is supposed to come out with Jared Leto too, but that's yep. not an MCU film. Yep. Even though it is kind of tied into it, dot, dot, dot. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that one's still up in the air, and I still want to see a little better trailer than the one that came out. Even though the one that did, I will say, was okay. I'm, I'm not fully sold on that movie, but, right. it, but at least yeah, I feel better about it than my initial thoughts. Right. But with Spider-Man 3... It's going to be an interesting way to cap off 2021 because we do know that there is another slate of, of movies lined up to coming down. Mm-hmm. We do know Ant-Man 2 is going to be coming at some point with obviously introducing Kang the Conqueror. Right. And that's going to be setting up the next big MCU villain. Well, so, yeah, the only ones we know dates on for upcoming Marvel films is Thor Love and Thunder, which is scheduled to release on February 11th, 2022. Or if you're one of the lucky folks, February 10th down in Australia. Uh, and then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is scheduled to release on March 25th, 2022. Uh, or March 24th, 2022, if you're lucky enough to be down in Australia. Yeah, and obviously with Jonathan Major's tag to play King of the Conqueror, you know that there's slowly setting up for something big, either Avengers or Young Avengers, if you really want to stretch it. Yeah, and then for uh, Disney Plus series, you have Moon Knight, which is scheduled to be come out in 2022, uh, and She-Hulk, which is scheduled to come out in 2022 as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of programming to be excited about. So, Pad, looking back at this list, uh, uh-huh. what are you most excited for? Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, in terms of the series, just because, don't get me wrong, WandaVision is going to be bonkers, and it's going to be have big ripple effects for the entire you know universe going forward. But in terms of like being ground and gritty and, and you know maybe a little espionagey, definitely Falcon Winter Soldier. And then in terms of movies, mm, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard. Spider Man, Spider Man probably just because if, if half the rumored castings are true and who's going to appear in the film, that's going to be it's not going to be Endgame two point It's going to be like Endgame one point five. It's going to be bonkers. Well, for me, I agree with you. Falcon and Winter Soldier is up there, and then if Hawkeye is actually coming out this year, then then I would say that's my 1A, 1B. I'm very excited for those characters. WandaVision is going to be different. Mm -hmm. I just don't know, and I know we're going to talk about it, and I've said it at great length, so we're going to talk about it a little bit more next week. 
But I really want to try rereading Tom King's The Vision and kind of t- touch upon some of those other stories I mentioned to get a full grasp of what they're going to do. Because mm-hmm. for this show to come out, and obviously it's going to be nine episodes. Right. To see how they're going to set the domino effect for the rest of the MCU, there's a lot riding on that show to deliver. Mm-hmm. We already talked about two shows it's going to affect. So obviously that's going to be one side of the MCU that you really want to keep an eye on. But I also think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to start another one too mm-hmm. because it does tie in loosely from what we're hearing with Black Widow. Right. So just our assumption. And wherever it transpires out of that, because obviously with the recent casting of Patriot, Young Avengers is going to be a buzzword you want to get very familiar with. Right. Now, depending on the lineup you see is another different story. Because That's true. I don't think we're going to see the one that started in the original run, but I think you're going to see a modern version get mixed in. And that's where I kind of think Miss Marvel might be added to it. I don't know necessarily if she will, but we'll have to wait and see how that series plays out when it comes out later in the fall. As for movies, Shang-Chi is on top of my list. Okay. That, Like I touched upon, I want to see difference in the MCU. I don't want to see the cookie-cutter ones that they really feel like I just saw the same movie. And I understand this happens with Disney a lot, and I think I get very critical about it, but I'm just being honest as a film goer Mm -hmm. that I don't like seeing the same film over and over. It's insanity to me. And especially for the MCU, we've shown that if you want to take a chance and give a different vision Mm -hmm. to to a character, it can work. Right. Black Panther is prime example. Winter Soldier, the movie is prime example mm-hmm. that you don't have to have every, every character be super funny and super, uh, you know, high action, high, co- high comedy. You don't need to copy that formula so much, right? Follow the comics and they will guide you on the way that you need to go. Shang Chi is uncharted water. Oh, absolutely. Which I fully want to see what they wind up pulling out. And like I say, for going to a movie, I can't remember the last good karate film I went to go see. And obviously with Shang-Chi being the master of Kung Fu, I want to see what he's going to bring to the table. So I'm expecting a lot of high action, a lot of high, you know, a a lot of different takes to the the character that I've seen. Right. And I think that they have a lot of room to work with. So I'm definitely excited to see that. And I am excited to see Eternals because I just want to see what the product's going to be. Mm -hmm. That after all the hype, is it really going to be that bad? Right. Could be. Could be not. Have to wait and see on that. But definitely let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. The Marvel MCU lineup is set for 2021 as of right now. What shows are you really excited to see? What movies do you want to check out? And which ones are you avoiding? We definitely want to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Wednesday Pull List, your friendly neighborhood geek podcast hosted by two old friends. My name is Lex. And I'm Simon. Come check us out for all your comic book reviews, collectible news, and all your geeky nerd news that you're looking for throughout your week. Dropping new episodes every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Check us out on all our social media at Wednesday Pull. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Ken. 
Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. In the last segment, we talked all things MCU, but there's so much more coming yeah. in 2021. So, Pad, why don't you read off the slate and let's talk some. Yeah, so we're talking some movies. First off, we're going to talk some movies that are coming out in 2021, and it's not everything because, Christ, we'd be here all night. Yeah. Uh, but it is some of the stuff jumping out to us, and uh, this is in theatrical or, I guess, switch that chronological order. Uh, first up, coming on March 12th, 2021, The King's Man. Uh, of course, this is the prequel to The Kingsman and Kingsman the Golden Circle. Uh, written and directed by Matthew Vaughn, and yo, holy shit, this cast is low-key stacked. Uh, of course, this is the film taking place, like I mentioned, it's a prequel, it's set in, uh, I want to say, I'm trying to remember my history, because Rasputin's involved, and, and the uh, czars, the last czar of Russia is involved, so I'm trying to remember my history. So we're talking at least uh, early part of the 19, or like mid part of the 1910s, 1916, 1917, somewhere in there. Uh, but you have Gemma Art. Arterton uh, playing Polly. Uh, you might know her from such films as EO in Clash of the Titans in 2010 or Tamina in the Prince of, per- Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time uh, from the same year. Uh, it also features Matthew Good playing oops, jump my thing there. Uh, Matthew Good playing the role of Cat Morton. You might know him from such films as The Imitation Game where he played Hugh Alexander or some dude named Mandius in 2009's Watchmen. Hmm. You, know, you might have heard of him there. Hmm. Uh, you also have Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson playing a character named Lee Unwin. Uh, you might know him from some movie named Kick-Ass, where he played the role of Kick-Ass. I've, Hell yeah. I've, I've never heard of it. Uh, he also played the role of Ford Brody in uh, 2014's Godzilla film. Definitely one of my favorite movies. Uh, you also have Ray Fiennes playing the Duke of Oxford. I feel like I don't need to mention this man's accolades, but I will anyway. Uh, he was uh, Lord Voldemort in a number of the Harry Potter films. He's been M most recently uh, in the James Bond film. Uh, he was uh, in Grand Budapest Hotel. He was in Schindler's List. The man's got a long track record, so he's definitely a very well-known actor. Uh, you have Stanley Tucci uh, playing in the film. His role is not listed, but he is uh, in the movie. Uh, been in a whole bunch of films that you know him from. Uh, also in the film, you have Charles Dance playing uh, General. General Kitchener. Uh, you might know him as some dude named Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Never heard of him. Yeah, no, never heard or seen the show. Uh, and then you also rounding out the list, uh, you've got Rice Evans playing Rasputin himself. Of course, uh, Rice Evans, uh, most notably, most probably most known for being Dr. Kirk Connors in The Amazing Spider-Man uh, from 2012. Also was in Notting Hill, uh, Anonymous, and then Snowden uh, is probably what he's best known for. And then rounding out the list, you have Daniel Brawl playing a character named Eric Jan Hanusen. Uh, you might know him from uh, Inglorious Bastards where he was Fre- uh, Frederick Zoller. Or he was some dude named Zemo in Captain America Civil War. Never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of that one either. No, this cast is... uh, That is Loki stacked. Holy shit. It's Loki stacked, but, you know, The Kingsman has always been a fascinating series. Yes. It takes the best of James Bond and flips it on its 180. And to see where they're going to go for this past one, mm-hmm. you know, the prequel. Yeah. I, I'm very, very And a very interesting time, uh, time in history. Yeah. So to Which see, is going to be awesome. Yeah, to see how this all plays out, because obviously if you've never seen The Kingsman, I mean, Pat, how do you describe that? Oh, it is batshit insane. It is James Bond without any rules or morals. Uh, the second one also features the greatest unannounced cameo of all time. And I won't spoil it, because it is tr- because truly... The person who is in the bulk of that movie, they did not advertise. Yes. They advertised the hell out of Channing Tatum being in that movie. We all knew Channing Tatum was going to be in that movie. He was on all the promos. Mm-hmm. But the person who shows up in that movie was not advertised and probably stole that movie. Yes, absolutely. 
Next up. Uh, you mentioned it last segment, but we're going to talk about it a little bit here. Coming out on March 19th, Morbius. So the frenemy of one Peter Parker in the comics, uh, Morbius, definitely an intriguing character. Yeah. Uh, the fact that this got greenlit for a movie, I thought was... Uh, once again, I, when you hear about Sony taking the Spider-Man universe and running with certain characters, mm-hmm. some made sense, some didn't. Yeah. Uh, I was never a big fan of the whole Black Cats and Silver Sable team-up movie. Yeah, uh, Morbius kind of falls in that, like, let's see what we do here. I enjoy the couple episodes he had, you know, because I'm not super familiar with the character. I haven't read a whole bunch of his comics or anything like that. Uh, but I did enjoy the couple episodes he was in in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, no, he, he was a pain in the ass in the Spider-Man three video game where he was they add, they you know kind of forced him into that game. Well, that's the one thing about him. Jared Leto is going to be playing the title role here, so yep. obviously he's no stranger to superhero films. And what he can do with his take of the character is going to be anybody's guess because, like I say, he has a very interesting story to him, mm-hmm. and he's always been the anti-hero character per se. So sometimes he's a hero, sometimes he's a villain. Right, it depends on what they want to do here. Obviously, they're going to try making him into a hero. But we do know that this is going to tie into the whole Sinister Six idea that mm-hmm. Sony has been in love with they, for they years. They have a hard on for. Yeah, so does it mean Leto's going to join them? We don't know. But from this what we've seen from the Jared, trailers. This just in Jared Leto joining Spider-Man 3. No, yeah, no, I'm kidding. You know what, though? I'm not saying it's out of the realm of thought. The, this, cause, see, because the thing with this movie is this movie is it's very hard to figure out where it falls into the whole you know, with the, with the new deal between Marvel and Sony and this and that, because there was the shot in the trailer that, and I'm looking at the still shot of it on the IMDb page where he's walking in a uh, Morbius is walking in a prison jumpsuit, uh, trying to hide it. Cause he's got a, like a vest over it or something. And you see a painted mural on the side where it's Spider-Man swinging through the, the sky and it says murderer. So yeah. you, you do have that tie in, but also at the same token in starting in this movie is Michael Keaton who plays uh, Vulture in the, the Tom Holland movie. So this movie's real hard to figure because obviously with the Venom movies to this point, not in the Spider-Man Tom Holland universe, this one we thought was going to be in the same vein where it might be in the Venomverse or its own thing, but now who the hell knows where this movie is? No, definitely not. So this one, though, when we see it, I'll have a little more idea of the sense of where we're going to go with the Sony-verse. Yeah. Because obviously with the trailer, it, it looked okay. It looked, yeah. it looked better than what I thought. I, I, will, right. I will say, because my original thoughts, I, I did not hear good things about. Right. And obviously seeing the trailer, I felt better, but I would still want to see more before I make a final judgment. Yeah, no, and a couple of interesting names also attached to this movie, like we mentioned Michael Keaton and Jared Leto. Uh, Matt Smith's in this movie as well, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then also Tyrese Gibson. I did not know that. Yes. Oh, yeah, Tyrese Gibson playing a character by the name of Simon Stroud. Yeah, so definitely does have some star power behind it. So yeah. kind of wait to see how it all shakes out. Yep. Uh, next one up is the one I am probably most excited for for the year because, holy shit, I want this to actually come out. No Time to Die, uh, coming out April 2nd, 2021. This being the swan song uh, for Daniel Craig's James Bond film, uh, directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Uh, also with, uh, where's the name? Lost it. There it is. Rami Malek playing the uh, main villain as uh, Safin, although Christoph Waltz is lurking in the background as Blofeld. Uh, definitely super excited for this one. Yawn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, obviously, Daniel Craig being James Bond, 
You want to see what he's going to do for the final film. Yep. Trailer looked great when it came out. Yeah. And obviously, it's Bond, James Bond. Well, so, yeah, you got Leah Sado uh, returning as Madeline Swan, uh, Ben Wishaw returning as Q, Ray Fiennes returning as M, uh, Jeffrey Wright returning as Felix Leiter. I know that, you know, I know when he first showed up as, as Felix Leiter in Casino Royale, it threw people a little bit. He has been, mm. a, as somebody who has watched a number, almost all of I'm working on it, of the James Bond films, Felix, uh, or Jeffrey Wright, excuse me, is a amazing Felix Leiter, so I'm happy to see him come back. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see this. I mean, once it's once it gets out there, it's like, okay, where do we go from here to close mm-hmm. out the James, the Daniel Craig run, and then who's going to take over the mantle? Yeah. Uh, next up, coming on April 16th, is uh, the Mortal Kombat film. Mortal Kombat! Of course, this one really is part of the HBO Max Warner Brothers uh, release, where it will release in theaters if they're open in your area. Also will release on HBO Max for one month on the same day. Now, I got to admit, not the biggest Mortal Kombat player uh, in existence, but I'm familiar. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of the original one and the sequel. You know, they're okay. I'm interested to see what they do with this one because there's such a stink with those those first couple of movies that I feel like enough time should have passed where, okay, this should be a good idea. But I feel like the stink of those early movies is uh, still there. Here is the thing about Mortal Kombat. For its time, and like I say, you need to time stamp it. The first one is not bad. Mm-hmm. The, thir- the, thir- the first one is, is very passable. The second one is hot garbage. Yeah. It is not good yeah. on any level. Mm-hmm. So the fact we're getting another one, I mean, enough time has passed. I know that Hollywood and video games have this weird love affair. This is true. And you see what we're going to get out of this franchise, which, I mean, is still going very strong. Oh, yeah. So, no, still, so yeah. the fans are still in tune for this and for being one of the old school fighting games. Mm-hmm. To see how it translates on screen, you really need to deliver something. If they can find some of the magic from the first one, I think it could be a win. Yeah. But... I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just see that I'm, I'm. I would like to see this do well, but it's there's so many X factors with this. I mean, all, all the characters you, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, are there. Sonya Blade, Scorpion, Raiden, Liu Kang, Sub Zero. You know, the, so the characters are there, but then you'll go, okay, well, who's directing this? It's a gentleman by the name of Simon McCoy, uh, whose resume includes, and I'm going to read. I'm going sit, sit still. I'm going to read his entire uh, film resume. Okay. Uh, he directed a video short titled The Nighttime Economy, which came out in 2014, and then Mortal Kombat, which came out in 2021. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that, that is all that is listed on his IMDb page. There's no, you know, crew credits. There's no writing credits. There's no producing credits. So it, it is a literal unknown. And then I was like, all right, so who's writing the thing? Well, the two gentlemen who have uh, credit for you know writing the screenplay, one is a gentleman by the name of Greg Russo. Not sure if it's any relation to those Russo brothers. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, he, uh, as well, I will read his entire uh, filmography as listed on IMDb. Uh, he's got a writing credit uh, for screenplay by slash story by uh, Mortal Kombat, which comes out in 2021, and then something called Category 6 uh, screenplay, which is announced. That's it. So, again, another literal unknown. And then also uh, getting a uh, writing credit is a gentleman by the name of Dave Callahan, uh, who's got a few more writing credits that you might know of. Uh, I'll I'll read his since there's not a whole lot. Uh, He's got a credit for a short titled Dave Callahan Writer Reel, which came out in 2004. Uh, Doom uh, from 2005. 
uh, Horseman uh, from 2009, Telltale 2009, uh, The Expendables uh, from 2010. Greatest movie ever. Uh, Expendables 2. Uh, Second from, greatest movie from ever. From 2012. Godzilla uh, from 2014. Expendables 3. Third greatest movie ever. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which was a TV series. Uh, you know, he's got credit for five up, created by, he's got credit for five episodes. Uh, Zombieland Double Tapped. Double tap. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Mortal Kombat. He's got credit, a writing credit for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Uh, America, the motion picture. The Expendables 4, which has apparently been announced. I missed that. Fourth greatest movie to, to hit Hollywood. And then Hercules. Now, I should mention the ones from Mortal uh, from Shang-Chi up are either post-production filming or announced. So in all seriousness, we it, have a lot of newcomers coming uh-huh, to this. Uh-huh. So this could either be really good. Or it could be hot garbage. Or it could be hot garbage. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, so uh, if you're a fan of those games, uh, go in with low expectations. Well, I think you have to. I mean, obviously, it is very tough to translate video games to films, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. and I mean, there are certain instances you could do it. Like, I feel like if they were to do a Metal Gear Solid movie, there's there's some elements in that that you could pull. I mean, it'd be hard to get Hideo Kojima to agree, would agree to it, given his video game movie history. But for me, it's... It, I feel like you can pull a movie off if you borrow elements, like with comics. You borrow elements from some of the games and you weave them into a mm-hmm. cohesive story. I feel like you can do it. I don't see how you do it from a fighting game. where it, uh, For the early part, it's just literally pick your character and fight. Now, I know they've done stories and what have you, and uh, but I don't think they'll be weaving into any of that into this movie. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this and how they pull this off. There's only one video game franchise that can be made into film, and that's an Injustice Snyderverse. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just waiting for Pat's reaction on that one. Nope. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I completely threw him off his, his game here. Something like that. Yeah. That, that, the movie franchise will make billions. Billions. Uh, no, it won't. Uh, coming up next uh, in May 21st, 2021, the fight of all fights. Forget anything from UFC. Forget anything from boxing, WWE, or AEW. Anything. This is the biggest matchup of the year. Godzilla versus King Kong. Now, this one has got a lot of hype behind it. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, this one, I I feel at some point you need to watch in a movie theater. Uh Uh-huh. You can't. Also, you need to watch in an IMAX movie theater. Yeah, you're going to need to watch this on the most high-level theater you can. Because I was fortunate enough to see the 2014, you know, the one where uh, Brian Cranston's in it for all of 30 minutes, despite being advertised ad nauseum on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I had the fortunate... Uh, chance to see that movie with some friends uh, at an IMAX theater, which was the first movie I saw in an IMAX theater that wasn't like your because t- I'd seen stuff in IMAX theater, but it was like the typical tourist uh, movie stuff, so nothing you know huge. This was the first you know big Hollywood film I saw in an IMAX theater. My chair shook when Godzilla roared. Like that's yeah. that's not an exaggeration, and it wasn't shaking because I was like, oh my god, excited. No, he came out and did one of his roars, and my chair shook. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the opportunity to see a Godzilla film, especially this Godzilla film, see it in IMAX because your chair will shake and it's incredible. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. And obviously with how iconic these monsters are uh-huh. and how they have translated over the years. Yeah, this is something that I think a lot of fans are going to want to check out. Oh, I will. And I'm definitely going to go see it because, I mean, it's like you touched upon. This is like your summer blockbuster formula. Mm-hmm. It's going to be big action script. It's going to be whatever. It's gonna it's gonna be like an hour and a half of them just duking it out and destroying shit. That's, that's all I want with this. I don't want I don't want a deep plot. I don't want this to be like the Wonder Woman eighty four fight. Just have enough plot to explain why they're going from one place to the other. Like just other than just random like duking it out. You know, other than being like you know whenever Peter Griffin fights the chicken on Family Guy and they just 
run through scenes. That's all I want. You know, just just that's a, all I want. Just enough of a plot to go. Okay, why are we going from? I'm picking cities. Why are we going from Miami to New York? You know, why why are we moving there? Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Uh, next up on the release schedule, one we got to see at a uh, uh, panel. I almost forgot the word there. New York Comic Con last time we went. Free Guy releasing on May twenty first, twenty twenty one. This, of course, starring the one, the only Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, him being a, a non, guy, a non playable character yep. brought to life. Yep, and how he adjusts to becoming sentient. Yeah, so the whole premise of this movie is uh, Ryan Reynolds, whose character is literally called Guy, uh, is, like Ken said, is a non-playable character, an NPC in a open-world video game. Uh, I would equate it to Grand Theft Auto V, if uh, any of you have played that game, where he's a bank teller, and, you know, he kind of, he kind of, it kind of dawns on him that they keep getting robbed every day. Like, how, he's, I think, if, if I remember the trailer right, he says, how can we stay in business if we keep getting robbed every day? And, he, and like Ken said, he becomes sentient and he becomes aware that he's a character in a uh, video game. And then he kind of goes through the motions and, of leveling up and adding stuff and just kind of from there. And I feel it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this definitely looked fun. I mean, that's the one thing about this going in. It, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the story setup is fun. Yeah. And that's the one thing you really got to take away from it. It's a summer movie. It's something that like, okay, it's a hot day. We want to get out of the sun. Let's go watch a fun movie. Yeah, this is absolutely what it's going to be. It's, it's not going to be the most serious movie. No. It's not going to be over the top. Here. No. Yeah, it's just going to be something you definitely want to just go take a little break you know, from everything going on with. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm very excited to see it. The panel was fun. In yeah, no, it's completely, completely fun. The magic word is fun. Yes. Uh, next up, one that you and I are very familiar with, and I know we've both got circled on our calendars. May 28th, 2021 F9, that being Fast and Furious 9, Charlize Theron, Vin Diesel, Sung Kang, uh, Natalie Emmanuel, Natalie Emmanuel, Helen Mirren, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Michael Rooker, uh, John Cena, Ludacris, all coming back. And Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, okay. The I, I will say this multiple times throughout the history of this podcast, and I will say it once again. The fact this movie franchise has gotten to nine films plus. Uh, ten if you count the spinoffs. Exactly. That's why I said the plus. Yeah. Blows my mind. And the whole plot of this is they have to stop John Cena because he's my brother. Yeah. Like that. Like as we like, I think there's only been one trailer put out for this movie. That is all we know about the plot is that shenanigans involved ensue. John Cena's brother comes, or not John Cena's brother, uh, Vin Diesel's, you know, yeah, it's Vin Dom, Diesel's Dom's, brother. Dom's brother, John, played by John Cena, comes back with a hell-bent vengeance, and they got to stop him. I mean, the that's, plot. That's literally the plot. If you can ever say a Fast and Furious movie has plot. I mean, obviously, the scariest thing about this franchise is you look at where it was for the first film. Mm-hmm. Street Racers boosting DVD players off, of tra- off tractor trailers. Yep. To now they're the most elite fighting force in the world. Uh-huh. It's going to end one way, and that's in space. <laughs> Not pretty. No. Vin Diesel's going to do a drift around Saturn's rings. That's how it's going to end. Drive home safe. Am I going to go see this? Oh, yes, I am. Uh-huh. Because I just want to sit there, and I suspend all idea of reality because I'm just going there to see shit get blown up. Uh-huh. That's it. That's all I need. 
summertime. I just need a break from the heat. I just want to see bad acting, and exactly. I want to see stuff get blown up. Exactly. And that's why I go to the Fast and Furious. Yep. So who's coming with me? Yeah, so uh, next up, one that I had not heard about, but when I was looking through the list of what's coming out this year on IMDb, definitely caught my eye. A movie called Infinite, which releases on May 28th, 2021. Uh, the plot description on this, and I'll read this because, like I said, I haven't heard of it. You might not have either. Uh, the plot description on IMDb reads, a man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. Now, this is directed by uh, a gentleman named Antoine Foucault. Okay. You, yes. you might have heard yeah, of. Yeah, I know who he is. Uh, got a pretty decent cast as well. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is in it. Dylan O'Brien and also uh, Chitwe Ijofor. Uh, so definitely some names. I, and this was just one that, like, okay, it's listed as like a sci-fi thriller movie. You know, hallucinations are visions from past lives. It seems kind of interesting. Might be one to check out if you're in, into some sci-fi movies that aren't exactly Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah, this one definitely has, I don't want to say a tenant vibe, Mm -hmm. but it definitely has elements that, okay, I really don't know what to expect from this film, but I'm going to go see it because of who's involved with it. Yeah. So that's where I said, like, this one, okay, I'm definitely signing up for. Yep. Uh, Next up on June 11th of 2021, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, this is, of course... Uh, the next Ghostbuster movie, Sigourney Weaver is going to be in it. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd returning to reprise their roles. Uh, Finn Wolfhard is in it as well. This is going to be all sorts of crazy. Yeah, this one, obviously, touching this franchise, I would not have gone near personally. No. But I'm not mad at them for doing it. It looks interesting. Mm-hmm. And let's see where we go, because obviously... It's also got Paul Rudd. Yeah, it's got Paul Rudd, so obviously I will go see it. Yeah. I just don't know how I'm going to feel about it with, obviously, how iconic the first f- film was. Mm-hmm. Second one was pretty good, too. I d- didn't mind the remake that just happened a couple of years ago. I, right. I thought for what it was, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. So why are we going back to the well about this? But with everybody involved, I, I definitely want to go check it yeah. out. Uh, next up on June 25th, uh, you have Venom, Let There Be Carnage. This, of course, is directed by Andy Serkis. Yes, that Andy Serkis. Uh, you have Tom Hardy returning to replace his role as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Uh, Woody Harrelson is in the movie. Uh, you also have Naomi Harris. Uh, definitely some intrigue with this one. Okay. Venom, I am shocked, did as well as it did at the box office. Uh, me too. Because it was okay at best. The script was kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they borrowed a lot from Lethal Protector. Right. Now we are finally getting Carnage. Woody Harrelson playing Carnage. I'm there. Andy Serkis directing. Don't know what to expect from him, but the only expectations I want from this, it has to be Mm R-rated. You don't do Carnage if it's not R-rated. This is true. You need to make this real messy, real bloody, real violent, because that's what Carnage is. If you've ever read the comics they've been involved in, Maximum Carnage, Mm -hmm. Absolute Carnage, it is what the titles bring. So I want to see that kind of level of intensity brought to this. Yeah. And I think definitely Tom Hardy's going to. I think Woody Harrelson can get creepy as hell. Uh Uh-huh. So let's get weird. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to see this be toned down. Like, I really want to see maybe a hard PG-13, but I'm sorry. Like, for me, this needs to be a, a, a rated R movie. Yeah. Yeah, so especially with Carnage being in the movie, I feel like you got to go R. Yeah, you have to. Like, I understand that there's been other interpretations where they've taken it easy. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. Yeah. It's Venom versus Carnage. Yeah. We need to have a lot of bad violence going on for this mm-hmm. one. It just has to. Yep. 
Uh, next up on July second, uh, you have Top Gun Maverick coming out. Now, of course, this does feature a few few people you might have heard of. Uh, Tom Cruise reprises his role as Maverick. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is in the film as well. You have the likes of Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Miles Teller, Ed Harris all in the film. So it's definitely got a star-studded cast. Uh, I will say this: if uh, Danger Zone is not in the movie, it is a dropped ball. Oh, it absolutely is going to be a drop ball. I this one I've seen the trailer a couple times since we first talked about when it came out. I don't know what to expect from this. I might matinee it. I enjoy, don't get me wrong. I enjoy uh, the original Top Gun. It's it's fun, you know. But it but it's not one I'm like, oh oh oh, I can't wait. Well, I just think for movies like that, which is so dated to the '80s, mm-hmm. the fact that we're now how many years removed? Oh, quite a few. That is the magic still there. Now, granted. As we'll talk about next segment, Cobra Kai is out, yeah, and definitely captures yeah. that magic of the '80s per se, yeah, and modernizes it. Will it happen here? I don't know, but I'm not. After seeing a, the trailer a couple times, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from it. Right. Uh, next up, coming out on July 16th of 2021, you have the Uncharted movie. Now, this is, of course, based off of the video games of the same name, uh, which features uh, Tom Holland playing the title role of Nathan Drake, Mark Wahlberg playing Victor Sullivan, who is his you know mentor, his partner in crime. Uh, you've got Sophia Ali uh, playing Chloe Frazier, who, if you know the video games, it's going to be real interesting to see her in this. According to IMDb, Antonio Banderas is in this movie, which I could get real interesting. Uh, you know, so I'm definitely excited for this. This, of course, is another one of those, you know, uh, video games turned into a movie. So, you know, you got the track record there. But I will say I was a little skeptical and I was a little hesitant with this. But I seeing a couple production photos, you know, that got released either yesterday or over the weekend or something like that. I am a little, you know, a little more, you know, happier in optimistic about it you know i know uh nolan north who voices nathan drake in in a bunch of the games and almost all of the games you know there's only one game he's not in uh gave his seal of approval he said tom holland's a great nathan drake so that does give me a little bit of you know the guy who embodies and is you know nathan drake for me gave his seal of approval essentially the i've I've known that they were going to turn this game series into a movie for about 10 years uh, because when Uncharted 2 came out, there's a sequence in that which involves, you know, a train, there's a chain train chase sequence. If you've ever played the game, you know what I'm talking about. That I'm like, yeah, the, like they even advertised it as, oh, people playing it and somebody sitting down going, wait, is this a movie? You know, so this, this is one that I'm definitely, it's got Indiana Jones vibes to it. The stills they released, you know, the production stills they released look like it's straight out of the video game. You know, I'm, I'm showing Ken one of them now that that just looked like I'm, I had to like realize, wait, that's not a video game. That's from the movie. Yeah. This one, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. I don't need much more than that. And I have not really played a lot of the video games, so I'm going to go in this with a fresh take. So, yeah, sign me up. Uh, up next, and also on July 16th, uh, you have Space Jam, A New Legacy uh, coming out. Now, this, of course, starring LeBron James uh, with the Looney Tunes involved. And that's about all we know. Yeah. And, but it's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. Next. Yeah. Uh, also coming up on uh, August 6th of 2021, you have The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's uh, forte into the DCU. Nobody is off the table for getting their head ripped off. Well, yes and no. Well, I would say obviously other than Margot Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie's the only safe bet to walk out of yeah. here. I am very, very excited about this film. Me too. I think that him getting a fair game stamp of approval from Warner Brothers and DC Comics to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Things are going to get weird. Uh-huh. And they're going to be pushing some envelopes. 
I think for the Suicide Squad, if you really want to follow the comic, I don't know if James Gunn will do that. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do his own take. I don't think he's going to follow any source material, which I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Because if you've ever read good Suicide Squad, right? it's not a fun book. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> right. Uh, it's great. It's a great read, though. John Ostrander's run has always been phenomenal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom Taylor recently, too, has been incredible. So if they borrow some from that, I am okay with that. Right. Um, but I just really want to see what they're going to do with this property and with James Gunn being involved. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely need to deliver on this. So, yeah. you know, like I say, if they can follow Ostrander's run, I think I'll be super happy. And the one takeaway that you have to say is there might be another untouchable character, and that's John Cena's Peacemaker. Well, not necessarily. You never know. The prequel show is coming out, plus DC is making a big push with him, which I know when we talk comics, I definitely will dig into a little more about it. So I think he might be the only one that's non-expendable with Robbie there, too. Also, the only thing I do enjoy was there was a rumor going around on social media that uh, they the Warner Brothers DC was going to make the... John Cena the TV show TV friendly uh, so that they could air, re-air it on the CW to which James Gunn quote tweeted it and goes no because if that was the case it'd be 40 seconds yeah no <laughs> facts facts <laughs> I saw that I was like that's incredible it's it's facts yeah uh, next up uh, coming out September 17th uh, you have Death on the Nile uh, this one I quasi sequel to the uh what was it uh, murder on the orient express uh directed by kenneth branagh uh gal gadot is in it kenneth branagh also stars in it army hammer rose leslie uh emma mackey the whole bunch letty Wright is in it as well uh tom bateman russell brand a whole bunch of people i you know i i still haven't gotten around to seeing murder on the orient express and it's killing me because i really wanted to see it i'm excited for this one yeah well obviously the casting involved is going to definitely have some high standards to hit yeah. so definitely want to check that out yep and then everyone's looking forward to this one myself included october 1st 2021 dune yeah i am i don't I'm know not. anything about it i just know the cast is bonkers zendaya timothy chalamet uh jason momoa josh brolin oscar isaac dave batista stellan skarsgård javier bardem I don't know anything about it other than it was they had a couple movies previously and it's a book series, but I'm super excited. I want to go see what the hype is about. I'm going to see it to see what the hype is about, but I'm also not going to read the book series until after the movie comes out because usually when I do that, I enjoy the hell out of the movie and then I enjoy the hell out of the book series. Yeah, the the other previous movies... Um, Probably skip those. Yeah, you, you just go and clean yeah. and, and don't, don't get uh, what I'm going to walk in there with. So when I heard this was announced, I'm like... All right, let's go see what the hype is. Yeah, so when it was announced, I was like, what the hell is this? I've never heard about it and kind of passed by it. And then they started announcing cast, and I'm like, oh, okay, now you have me sold. Yeah. Uh, next up, on October 15th, uh, you have Halloween Kills. Uh, this is, of course, the next sequel in the uh, thrilling chapter of the uh, Halloween series with Michael Myers. Uh, definitely, I know Mike C., I am horror, and uh, you know, and horror zone 607 and all those guys. Definitely excited about it. I'm probably not going to see it. I do enjoy the hell out of that trailer, though, where they're riding away from the burning house in the back of the pickup truck. Let it burn. Let it burn. I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, this one is going to be either hit or miss with horror fans. Yeah. That I know people that love the uh, last Halloween movie, and I know people absolutely hate it. Yeah. So wait and see about that one. Uh, Next one up, not normally one in my wheelhouse, but I figure given the director, it's probably going to be pretty goddamn good. Uh, West Side Story, which releases on December 10th, uh, 2021. Now, if you're sitting here going, Pat, why are you recommending a musical? Yeah, I was just going to say. Directed by Steven Spielberg. 
Oh. Yeah, so that alone has me sold on it. Ansel uh, Elgort is in the film. Uh, Rachel Zegler is in it as well. This is going to be all sorts of good because uh, if there's anything I know about Steven Spielberg, and it's not a whole lot, I know he's very picky about what projects he takes on. Unless there's something he comes up with or, you know, something that's of his own idea. If somebody comes to him with an idea, he's very picky and he just doesn't choose something to, oh, you know what? I want to do this. Oh, he's, he's very particular. So there's a reason he wants to do this. And I, I figure he don't do no bad movies. Yeah. I honestly forgot he was tagged to this. Right. Okay. Um, I might be with you on this one because yeah. I, I'm not a big musical guy. Yeah. No, neither am I. So, Let's see what he does, but it's Spielberg, so yeah. definitely want to go check this out. Uh, and then tagged uh, for December 22nd of this end year, this is the last one we got, uh, The Matrix 4. Now, we know absolutely about nothing about this. Uh, according to IMDb, it is in post-production. Uh, all we know is that, uh, according to IMDb, Priyanka Chopra is in the film. Keanu Reeves is reprising his role as Neo. Carrie Ann Moss is reprising uh, his, her role as Trinity. Jada Pinkett Smith is reprising her role as Niobe. You know, uh, the only one we know that's not in this film is uh, Morpheus. I'm Lauren Fitzburn. That Lawrence Fitzburn, thank you. Outside that, we don't know anything about this movie. Uh, I'm interested to see where the hell they go with this because I don't know how you do a fourth one. I don't either. Yeah, I gotta admit, when this got announced, I was like, "Why?" Uh, yeah, no, I, I had the I had the same kind of reactions with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about some TV? All right, sure. Break it down. So, of course, we have the, the Arrowverse shows coming back, Flash, Supergirl, Superman, and Lois returning. I think I'm most excited for that one. Yeah, Superman and Lois has got the most hype around it. Between that and Batwoman. Yeah. Because Batwoman, obviously, with her new, new actress. New actress, new character. Yeah. Everything is going to be brand new, clean slate there. Yeah. So definitely excited to see what they're going to bring there. Yeah. And then Superman and Lois, obviously, coming off the heels of Elseworlds mm-hmm. and Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. What this take is going to be, another clean slate, another yeah. direction of what is going to go on with the Arrowverse because they definitely need some injection of life in it. I know we've been very critical over the past mm-hmm. season or so mm-hmm. after after Crisis, especially with Flash. Yeah, because uh, that's kind of running on fumes right now. I know that when they come back, they're going to tie up last season and kick right into the next one. We know we have the last season of Supergirl yep. starting up as well. Yep. So kind of a transition time for the DC. Uh, CW universe, so yeah. definitely want to see what happens. But I have to say, between those two, Super, uh, Batwoman and Superman Lois, that's the ones I yeah. want to see. Uh, I say for streaming stuff, obviously the Disney Plus stuff we mentioned, I'm super excited for, and the stuff we talked about in the past with Star Wars. Uh, but for Netflix, uh, Umbrella Academy, if it comes out this year, I'm not sure when that's ready. I'm definitely excited for that. I know Witcher season two, I think is supposed to be coming this year. I am super fucking excited for that. Uh, and then I know they're doing the anime uh, Witcher show, which is supposed to be 2D anime. I think that's coming this year. I'm excited for that. Also, Lost. In Space Season 3, the final season. I know they're currently filming that. Uh, given how that show has had two cliffhanger endings, that especially the last one, I went, oh, holy shit, I need the new season now. Uh, like I said, last season, I know they're currently filming it. I'm super excited for that. For me, uh, streaming-wise, if The Boys Season 3 is going to come out on time, yeah, uh, you know me, I'm, I'm all there for that. Uh, the next phase of the DC Universe now shifting to HBO Max. Yeah. So, obviously, more Doom Patrol, the better. And then whatever we're going to get out of Titans, I will admit, I want to see. Because, obviously, we've, we've seen some still photos of Red Hood. We know it's going to be more Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. So, if the show can find a consistent rhythm, yeah, I think we'll be okay. And then for Netflix... I have not heard a lot about, so I don't know if this has been pushed back or not, the Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Live action. Yeah. So, obviously, you know I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. It is my favorite anime. 
So where they're going to do with a live action, I know I'm going to be super critical about when it comes out. Right. There's so much that just with everything going on in the world right now, it's tough to really pick about what's going to be hidden. But that's a mm-hmm. that's a deep, deep lineup of stuff. Yeah, well, and especially uh, I was reading Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings series might be coming out in 2021, which I'm going to be super critical of. Not, not, not super, like, nitpicky, but just, like, I hold it in such high regard that I'm going to be very excited for it. Yeah, definitely. There's so much yeah. coming out in the next year. Yeah, and especially with some video games. got some video games to mention. Uh, I, I went equal opportunity. I didn't go PlayStation heavy. I, uh, equal opportunity. Uh, coming out on January 20th. Now, I should say I kept it to sequels or new product projects i didn't include any re-releases or remasters or anything like you can find that out on your own there's plenty of them uh hitman 3 uh coming out on january 20th uh 2021 to playstation 5 xbox series x slash s playstation 4 xbox one switch the stadia and the pc uh so the next entry in the hitman game i know that's super popular with some people i enjoy watching people play mostly i tried it once i was terrible so it's not for me i enjoy watching people play it more uh then the rest of these are kind of nothing's real certain yet uh but they're scheduled to come out in uh, 2021 uh far cry 6 uh this will be for the playstation 5 uh both xbox series x and s playstation 4 xbox one stadia pc and mac uh this from the folks at ubisoft and uh it's got Giancarlo esposito so that's all i need to know yeah, that's enough I need. Yeah, that's all I need to know. Uh, coming out sometime in 2021 uh, from the for PlayStation 5 from the folks over at Sony at Santa Monica Studio, God of War, uh, Ragnarok, I think is what it's called. Uh, of course, leaning very heavily into the Norse mythology. Given this, the plot twist at the end of the first God of War game, and I don't want to spoil it because that's a plot. That's a plot twist. I don't care how much time expires. You need to experience that plot twist for yourself. Mm-hmm. They can go some places with this, and I am very excited to see where they go with this. Uh, next up uh, in 2021 from the folks over at Warner Brothers Games Montreal and from Warner Brothers Interactive, Gotham Knights. Uh, this is coming out for PlayStation Give 5. Give it to me. Get PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Give it to me now. Uh-huh. Ever since DC Fandom, this has been something I've had waiting yeah. to get in my hands. Yeah. Uh, next up, and like I said, equal opportunity uh, coming out in 2021 from the folks at 343 Industries and uh, Xbox Game Studios. Halo Infinite, of course, this is for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. Well, it's Halo, so you know it's going to be a very, very good game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also, what I know will be a very good game, Horizon Forbidden West. That is, of course, a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. One of my favorite games of all time. Top three, possibly top two fantastic uh, game uh, coming out in 2021 from the folks at Guerrilla Games uh, put out by PlayStation Studios uh, coming out for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 uh, being featured very heavily in the PlayStation 5 uh, as you see on television and online these days the first one was the first game the, the Horizon Zero Dawn it was the first game that made me want to go out and get all the collectibles and learn the backstory and just fill in all the blanks because it's such a crazy story that it's like, that it just made me want to go how the hell did it, things get to this point? Because it, it takes place in Earth. Yeah. But it's so far in the future that, and, and just to find out how things got to that point, what the hell happened, definitely amazing. I can't wait to see what they do with the sequel. Super excited for that. Super excited for this one as well. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga from the folks at uh, TT Games and Warner Brothers Interactive uh, coming out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S slash X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. This is Star Wars Episodes 1 through 9. Now, 
it is not going to be a remaster or update or anything of the first seven movies. Okay. Because I know they put out originally the, the Lego Star Wars one was the prequel series one through three. And then they put out Lego Star Wars two, which was four, five and six. Uh, they did some other ones in between there, but then they did uh, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens. They're not going to be any of those. Other. They're completely redone, completely brand new, completely new elements. So it's not just, oh, hey, we're putting out seven movies worth of content we've already put out and two extra movies. No, 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 no. All completely new. And I'm so I'm super excited because the Lego games are so much fun. I mean, I put in probably for the Lego Hobbit movie, uh, Lego Hobbit game, because God reasons it's only the first two hobbit movies they never did anything for the third one i put in probably because they're and they're relatively easy to like perfect and get 100 percent on the achievements and trophies i probably put in 85 90 hours on lego Ho- lego hobbit uh and i still don't have 100 percent. so definitely a lot of fun i know legos are for kids in this set but the lego games are so much fun lego games are fun and there better be boba fett in there absolutely uh coming out uh for 20 uh, boba fett will absolutely be in there it'll be every god the child will be in that damn thing it'll be uh, like if it's anything like the uh, marvel superhero games that aren't tied in with the movies it'll be every goddamn character uh, coming out on 2021 for the Switch, I know a lot of people are into this one, and a lot of people are excited about this one. No More Heroes 3 uh, from the folks over at Grasshopper Manufacturer. I don't know too much about it. I've seen a couple gameplays of it, but I know people are super excited for it, so definitely check out for that. This one, Christ almighty, give it to me now. Uh, <laughs> coming out, PlayStation 5 from Insomniac Games. That's not Miles Morales or Spider-Man related. Their greatest creation of all time. The next Ratchet and Clank game coming out, Rift Apart. Give it to me. Give it to me now. I've been playing this series for it'll be... Uh, 20 years next year. Uh, one of my favorite game series and game franchises of all time. I it, it gets better with age, you know, even the older games. And to just see how far they've come and how much better it looks, I am super excited and cannot wait to play. No, it's a new year. Have you forgiven Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming for the comments he made about Ratchet and Clank? Fuck that. Okay, just wanted to check. Uh, next up uh, for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S and PC. Uh, from the folks at Capcom, uh, you have Resident Evil Village. So this is the next Resident Evil game. So I know people will be super excited for that. Uh, also coming to the Xbox Series X slash X and the X- Xbox One uh, from Undead Labs, uh, State of Decay 3. Uh, I know some people who play that. They're super excited for that. It's a super fun game. I unfortunately don't have an Xbox, so I've never played any of them. Uh, and then lastly, this one is going to be super interesting. We've talked about it before on the show. Lord of the Rings Gollum coming out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, one player from the folks at Datalik Entertainment. Uh, not super much. It's not going to tie in super much to the movie at all. It's I think it's going to be more book-based, so I'm definitely super excited for that. I'm also excited for because I, I know they said that the split personality between Smeagol and Gollum is going to play a factor, and I am all for that. One system to rule them all. Uh huh. Sounds like it's got a stacked lineup. I did not hear Injustice Three in there. Nope. It's got to come sooner than later. But that one, Pad. So which one's your one game to grab? Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I know a lot of people might think I'm going to say Ratchet and Clank, but no. Ratchet and Clank's a lot of fun if you're into platformers, especially from like the PlayStation Two era, uh, or even the Xbox One era. You know, if you're into those and you have a PlayStation Five, definitely pick up Ratchet and Clank. Uh, you know, but probably just for for story and content and just everything you're going to get out of it, Horizon Forbidden West. Give me Arkham Knights all day. Uh, uh, yes. I'm I'm sold on that. Did not hear too much about um, Suicide Squad versus Justice League. Right. Or, or Kills the Justice League. So that was the other one I was really kind of waiting to hear a little bit more about. Haven't heard too much lately, but, man, so much of a stacked lineup coming for 2021. Definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your movie that you want to see? What is your video game you want to pick up? 
for the new year. Let's have that conversation, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news. And then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH. The greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the final segment on the first episode of 2021 for the ODPH podcast. So, Pat, kicks off with those one-shots. Got a few things to talk about. I was going to start off with an in-memoriam because it was announced over the weekend that an actress that a lot of people know and were familiar with passed away. But not so fast, my friends, because things took a bizarre left turn. Uh, Of course, a lot of you may have seen over the weekend uh, that Tanya Roberts, who was in that 70s show and was also a Bond girl uh, in A View to Kill, had passed away. But according to uh, Deadline and a whole bunch of other people, uh, her rep is saying she's not dead and she's still alive. So This story is freaking wild. Yeah, so uh, this from De- article I'm reading from Deadline, quote, The PR rep who confirmed Tanya Roberts' death Sunday is now saying the A View to Kill actress is alive. The rep uh, told media outlets, and I'm not saying the person's name just because I don't want people going after him. Uh, the rep uh, told media outlets Monday that Robert's husband had told him she had passed away yesterday. The actress had been admitted to Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles on Christmas Eve after collapsing in her home. Uh, the... Uh, the rep who sent out a release Sunday that was picked up widely by the media told outlets Sunday that Robert's husband, Lance O'Brien had told him uh, he was with Robert's yesterday and said that as he was holding her, he, uh, she quote seemed for him to slip away. Close quote. Uh, the rep said, received a call from the hospital Monday morning saying Roberts was alive, though she remains in poor condition. According to the associated press, uh, Roberts who was 65 appeared in various TV pilots, series and cult films before going on to start in the fifth season of ABC's Charlie's angels. Uh, she joined Cheryl Ladd and Jacqueline Smith as Julie Roberts. Rogers, uh, a character that replaced uh, Shirley Hack's Tiffany Wells. Roberts then starred in the film The Beastmaster and other projects before landing the role as Bond girl Stacey Sutton in 1985's A View to Kill. Uh, Roberts is also known for playing Midge uh, Pincati, the mother of Laura Preppen's uh, Donna on That 70s Show. Uh, so yeah, that got real weird and it's still real weird. And the real, like I said, I'm not saying the rep's name because we don't know the story. We don't know the situation of what's going on with there. So don't go after the rep and, and you know, why, why'd you say this person died? It's just not worth it. No, just obviously we're thankful that she's still alive. Yeah. So, yeah. But man, that, that whole story. Yeah, is I got real weird. Freaking wild. Yeah. Uh, also, in some uh, film news, uh, it was announced today because of the ongoing rising COVID numbers in the UK that the uh, they were going back into lockdown and schools and, and we're going to go back to remote learning. But uh, 
that is not the case for studios uh, for film and television production. Those are uh, still able to go filming. So I know Witcher uh, is filming over there. I know the Batman is filming over there. A whole bunch of stuff is filming over there. So those will not pause production Mm -hmm. as of right now, as of this recording. With the ongoing situation, obviously, with the pandemic, this could change in five minutes. This could change in 30 30 hours. It could not change at all. So as of this recording, uh, while, yes, England is going back into a new lockdown, uh, film and TV production will be able to continue. Cool. Uh, also, they, they can still run and, and do their show. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, some unfortunate news from the Star Wars world. Uh, Star Wars voice actor Tom Kane, who, uh, if you don't know the name, you know the voice. Uh, he voices Yoda. He voices uh, the announcer for all the intros of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, or you know. And then he also was Admiral uh, Admiral Yalaren in Clone Wars and a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, you might even know if you ever hear him talk, you and do his announcer voice, not the Clone Wars announcer voice. Oh, a little bit Clone Wars announcer voice. But he's done a whole bunch of ads on TV over the years, so odds are you probably know the voice. Uh, you know, he is uh, had a, suffered a stroke two months ago that has left him largely unable to speak, uh, according to a Facebook post uh, written by his daughter, uh, which reads in part, quote, He had a left-side stroke that gave him right-sided weakness and damage to the speech center of his brain. This means right now he cannot efficiently communicate verbally, nor read or spell. He is still competent and very much himself, but can only get out a few words right now. Close quote. Uh, so, yeah, he's a voice actor who now can't read, can't speak by and large, and, and can only get out a few words. So that just absolutely, you know, broke my heart, broke a lot of people's heart. You know, like I said, if even if you don't know him, he was... Uh, uh, Professor Utonium on the Powerpuff Girls it was on uh, FX's Archer, a whole bunch of video games such as Call of Duty, Star Wars, Marvel's games. You know, uh, it's it's just super. It's just super sad. The post went on to read, uh, "Quote: As many of you might know about strokes, it is possible for him to gain these functions back, and we have found him excellent care in Kansas City for speech, occupational, and physical therapy. But for now, we have been warned by his neurologist that he may not do voiceovers again." Close quote which is that just absolutely breaks my heart he is you know from especially his work in clone wars and and powerpuff girls which i watched growing up as a kid he has been such a part of my life that that just the fact that like clone wars he's the announcer he's yoda he he's not frank oz but god damn it he's a good second mm-hmm. you know it just breaks my heart i wish him nothing but the best and i hope he and i hope for all everybody's sake and you know family him everything he just makes a comeback yeah absolutely sending a lot of positive thoughts and energy your way yes. man and, and hoping Yes. Hoping definitely for a recovery. But yes. Man, it's just heartbreaking news. Uh, moving on to some slightly happier news. Uh, Transformers War for Cybertron, Earthrise, the next chapter in the Transformers uh, War for Cybertron trilogy came out. Uh, I And I'll give, give full spoilers. Holy fucking shit, that was good. Uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, obviously, I was really anticipating it because third chapter, Beast Wars, you know, my favorite Transformers series from when I was growing up, making their triumphant return. So I was like, all right. How are you going to do this? Are you going to bring any of them in now? You know, are you going to tease it a little bit? They did fill in some plot holes uh, from Beast Wars. Uh, Beast Wars featured, uh, if you remember, on one of the Voyager uh, satellite things they launched in Earth, there was a golden disc that was put on. Uh, that featured that golden disc featured very prominently in the Beast Wars series, where in it, uh, Megatron in the Beast Wars series used it as a map to find a huge energon source. It was also how G1 Megatron put out you know a backup plan in case he failed 
So in this uh, chapter two features and kind of fills in the plot hole of, okay, how the hell did he get this and how the hell did he know what to do with this? So it fills in that plot. It also features one of the greatest end scenes in cinema history where uh, if you're familiar with Beast Wars, fucking Dinobot shows up. Yeah. Holy shit, I cannot wait. Uh, don't know when chapter three is coming out, but if you go based off the timeline of, you know, chapter one was released six months ago, that came chapter two came out six months later. We're looking at about another six months, so maybe sometime in July uh, when chapter three comes out. But holy shit, it was really good. I cannot wait. Yeah, it definitely looked very, very cool from what yeah. I've seen of it. Uh, got some interesting uh, Goldeneye uh Kind of news, kind of did you knows, uh, but not the video game, unfortunately. Uh, the folks over at IGN, I guess, do this little series where it's watch from home. Uh, they've done one for Rogue One and then the original Jurassic Park. Uh, they did one for Goldeneye, uh, and they did a watch, uh, rewatch or watch back with director Martin Campbell uh, and then also star Famke Jensen, who was, of course, played uh, the f- female villain Xenia Onatop. A uh, couple interesting things that jumped out about this. Uh, if you're at all familiar with the scene, there's a there's a very, you know, I don't know, I don't know the word, exciting, uh, stirring scene. Uh, in which Xenia runs into Bond in a in a sauna, uh, and they have a mm, adult fight, kind of so to say. They they fight each other, but it gets a little sexual in, in nature. Uh, apparently, uh, Xenia, the actress, broke her rib in that scene. Jesus. Yeah, so if you're at all familiar with this, this scene, he's floating in the pool, they're hanging out, she shows up and starts fighting him, and they start throwing each other against the wall, and, you know, not duking it out, but, you know, it's fairly physical. Uh, she said, quote, Pierce was throwing me up against the wall, and I said to Pierce, don't worry about it, just throw me real hard, because I don't want to act too much. It's going to look fake, and I don't want it to look fake, so just do it. And then he did it, and then all of a sudden I couldn't breathe, so we had to stop shooting for a bit. Uh, it wasn't until I came back to America that I found I had a broken rib, close quote. What's even more bonkers about this, the set was specifically designed to prevent injuries because it was padded. Hmm. But she still broke her rib on the damn thing. That's freaking nuts. Bonkers. Also, there's a scene in the beginning of the film that we found out uh, there was during filming. There was an $80,000 accident. So if you're all familiar with the opening of the scene, I want to see the beginning of the movie because it's been a while since I've seen it. It takes place in Monte Carlo, I think is what it is, where... And, and this is probably one. I realize there's a lot of bond that you got to suspend disbelief. I can't suspend disbelief for this bond is in a 65 Aston Martin going up against a then new Ferrari. And he's right. And we find out later it's Zenya on a top driving the Ferrari. They're racing each other. I don't believe that would is actually a fair race, but uh, while they were filming it, they brought in stunt drivers and they had to have a specific stunt driver because while well, Ferrari was insistent on this, uh, the stunt driver cr- accidentally crashed the car and the repairs clocked in at a whopping $80,000. Hmm. Uh, Famke Jensen, who was, uh, whose character was driving uh, the Ferrari said, from what I remember, he was crying. I had a male stunt person to double me for the driving sequence because I think they all belonged to Ferrari. So it was a big deal when that car crashed. I I remember sort of the eyelashes and everything going places uh, when I saw him coming out of the car. Close quote. Uh, Campbell, the director Campbell added, quote, I always thought the. Uh, the concept of this chase is a bit ridiculous because a Ferrari like that and a 65 Aston Martin competing. Yeah, no, it, it's fun for the time, but yeah, no, there's no goddamn way in hell that, that ever happened. Yeah. There's no chance that goes down. Yeah. None. Yeah. All last bit of thoughts is very interesting. Uh, in Star Trek news, James Doohan, of course, who played uh, Scotty in the original Star Trek, the uh, original series, uh, secretly had his ashes smuggled to the international space station in 2008 and uh, they got released into space. 
So this was reported by the Times. Uh, Richard Garrett, uh, uh, who is the creator of both the Ultima series and the term MMORPG, has revealed that he smuggled James Doohan's ashes aboard the International Space Station in 2008 during a 12-day, $30 million mission as a private astronaut. Uh, quote, his family were very pleased that the ashes made it up there, but we were all disappointed. We didn't get to talk about it publicly for so long. Now enough time has passed that we can close quote. That is just absolutely bonkers. And, and I honestly, that's probably the best way to release his ashes. I mean, obviously was in other things, but best known for Scotty in Star Trek, the original series. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else can you really say about that? Yeah. So for my one shots, pad, I know that you have not caught up on this show, uh-huh. but you have to get your 1980s on. Uh-oh. We are talking about Cobra Kai. Ah. Now, season three just came out this past week on Netflix. It was kind of the way Netflix said Happy New Year to everybody. They bumped up from the original release date. And this is the continuation from the YouTube show, which is continuing the saga of one Johnny Lawrence and his fall from grace. <laughs> against one Daniel LaRusso. So if you're not familiar, obviously The Karate Kid is a big, big movie from the 1980s where Ralph Macchio takes on the role of Daniel LaRusso, who is the bullied kid that has to overcome the dojo known as Cobra Kai, which is headed up by William Zabka, who plays Johnny Lawrence, their star pupil, and find his way to get acceptance and obviously beat up the bullies. And it's kind of escalated from where it's been, from the late Pat Morita being Mr. Miyagi, this takes a place where it is about 34, 35 years after uh-huh. the All-Valley Karate Tournament uh-huh. where Johnny Lawrence had his fall from grace and fell out of the favor of one John Kreese played by Martin Cove. And he's down in his luck, and he comes across a young boy, Miguel Diaz, who's played by Yolo Madrina. Uh-huh. And he takes him under his wing after he saves him from some bullies, and he winds up restarting the dojo and thus brings Daniel Russo, who's now a car dealership kingpin of the valley, back to the karate world, and their grudge is still going on. Right. It is so cheesy bad, it is amazing. Mm. Season three picks up where the rival dojos have been fighting each other, and Miguel has been paralyzed in an attack at the school between the dojos by Ron Robbie Keane, who is played by Tanner Buchanan, who is John or Johnny Lawrence's uh uh, estranged son mm-hmm. and obviously the fight goes kind of crazy and this season i gotta say if you loved the past two seasons this just picks up and doesn't let up from where it is it ties into the karate kid universe which i never thought i'd be saying at this age right but, hey 2020 is 2020 2021 is 2021 and you see the saga of how johnny is trying to deal with what he's done with Miguel because if it wasn't for him, would Miguel be in the situation? And Miguel's rise from being uh, you know, stuck in a wheelchair for a while to now he's back fighting karate. You're seeing the love affair go on with him, Miguel, and Sam LaRusso, who's played by Mary Mouser, who is not my favorite character on the show, i got to admit. I think that she's the real villain of the show because she gets stuck in this weird love triangle between Miguel and Robbie, which still picks up. And you see the rise of John Kreese, who's taken over the Cobra Kai dojo, who has been the strike hard, strike fast, no mercy montage. Mm-hmm. That this all comes to a head. And, Pat, this is just how out of control this gets. Okay. So we have this uh, fight at Daniel LaRusso's home mm-hmm. when he's out 
at a Christmas party after coming back from Japan. Yeah. Where they do tie into the Karate Kid sequel where you see Shozen returns to the universe, which that just blew my mind on so many different levels, which, like I say, you need to watch the universe to really understand this. Sure. That obviously Daniel fights to win his dojo back. He's going out. And they bring him back. An old friend of the show who I did not suspect this cameo was kept very, very quietly, uh-huh. one Elizabeth Shue, hmm. who reprises the role of Allie Mills, and thus bringing everything back full circle, which was the original girl that Danny or uh, yeah, that uh, Danny and Johnny were fighting for way back in the 80s. Sure. So now she comes back. They're at a Christmas party with Daniel's wife. Meanwhile, the rival dojos of... The Eagle Fang Dojo, which is kind of the upstart one that Johnny Lawrence starts because he's still stuck in the 1980s, doesn't know how to use the internet, describes hashtags as hash browns at one point, uh, is meeting for the upstart Christmas party with Miguel or uh, Miyagi or Miyagi Dojo. Yeah. I got it because there's so many different names going on with this series. It's still as great as ever. And then while they're having their Christmas party, what happens? They get bombarded. By an attack by Cobra Kai at the house. And there is crazy fights going on. Mm. There is heel turns. There is face turns. It gets all types of wild as hell. Mm-hmm. It comes down to Johnny making a final stand against Kreese at the Karate Kid or the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. And it all is going to come down to building for next season where we have... The Battle of the All-Valley Karate Tournament, winner takes all, loser leaves town. Mm. I might have given some spoilers, folks, but honestly, if you've seen this show, you can kind of see the direction it's going in. Yeah. I freaking love this show. I know that Diesel over at uh, 8122 Productions, 3 Fat Nerds, and Rich binge-watched this. I believe it. And Diesel has theories. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm going to say if you want even more Karate Kid knowledge, Tone over this week to the 3FN flagship show. Listener discretion is advised because, well, it's Diesel. Yeah, Diesel has got takes. Diesel has got more detailed takes than I have. Hmm. And like I said, I didn't put up the spoiler warning because even if you see this, you won't believe what you're seeing mm-hmm. because it captures the magic of the 1980s and modernizes it. It is just absolutely epic and it takes everything that is so cheesy of the Karate Kid universe and brings it back mm-hmm. tenfold. Uh, I give it a high possible recommendation, and like I say, if you're not hooked by it by season one, just turn it off because you can't jump into it at this stage. You need to watch from the beginning. Right. But season three definitely lives up to it. Uh, Team Tori all the day, all way. Uh, like I said, Tori over Sam all, 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 all day. Enough said about that. Can't wait for the next season to happen. And like I said, more details about that. You definitely got to tune into Three Fenders this week about that. So let us talk though about comic predictions to close out this. Because you know we give our weekly comic predictions, Pat. Uh-huh. So obviously... It's a light week this week. It's a, it, Not necessarily, my friend. No. Because what I have looking forward to from Marvel and DC are actually starting this week. Okay. Primarily DC comics. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because what kicks off this week, Pat? Future State. That's right. Because Dark Metal or Dark, Dark Knight's Death Metal, uh-huh. number seven, comes out. And that is the precursor for Future State, which is where the time jump happens for all the DC comic books where they all jump to 2025 to start with. And there is a great reader introduction on DCComics.com that if you're not familiar about where everybody's going, they give you a once-over the direction of the books. So definitely you want to read Death Metal 
number seven. Mm-hmm. Then go into the books coming out this week, which I have to highlight. Harley Quinn, uh, Future State comes out, and the new, the next Batman comes out as okay. well, and Wonder Woman too. So that's like the three big ones that are kicking off from DC Comics this week. So you definitely want to check amongst the other Future State ones that are coming out. So definitely want to pick those up at the shop and take a look at Marvel. Eternals one is coming out, so if you're excited about whatever is going to happen there, and you know my feelings about the Eternals, that's coming out. But I also kind of want to touch upon something that is coming out of the X of Swords storyline, and that is the Reign of X, which it has been announced, and I guess this will be a somewhat spoiler, but no, let me keep it spoiler-free. They're going to change up the stat quo of the X-Men a little bit, and obviously the Nation of Krakoa has gone through a lot of changes, obviously coming out of the fallout from x of swords Mm -hmm. this is going to get into a very very interesting predicament for what is going to happen with the x-men which i have to say i've been catching up on x of swords i love what is happening there and to see what the fallout is going to be and how the x-men are now changed as the stat quo moving forward i think is going to be a highlight so i definitely want to say keep your eyes out for that when the x-books are hitting but DC is just dominating this week, so we got a lot to look forward to. So for me, that's my two books to really pick out. You have any selections for 2021 early? No. There's going to be a lot that's kicking off. That everybody's kind of being a little tight to the chest right now. Future State, though, is the one that is circled right now. So I definitely want to say head over to your local comic shops and check that out. And I have to give a plug to, I guess, a uh, selfless, shameless plug. I'm going to be co-hosting the Cheersies this year again. So this week, I get to talk to my good friend Brian Wayne over Cheers to Comics. Shout out to him and his amazing podcast. I'm going to be on talking the Cheersies, the best of 2020. So a lot of categories that are up on that Twitter poll. So you have not filled them out. You definitely need to go to at Cheers to Comics on Twitter. Fill out the poll. If you need to get there, I will retweet you. I'll do that. Just hit me up at OD Parlay Hour. I'll get you what you need. And definitely tune in for that episode as well because we're going to be talking all things comics 2021, 2020, 2021. Who knows for even longer. So definitely tune in that episode. Then head over to your local comic shops. Go support them and definitely pick up some good books to kick off the new year with. So that all being said, the music you heard on this episode of the ODPH is that of Shout at the Robots. Now, Pad, you know they got a Patreon. Yep. You know they got a lot of cool stuff. This is true. Where do you find it? OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's right. Head on over to the music section. You can check out everything going on with S-A-T-R. You can also check out Second Suitor, Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Brian Wolf from Ferris City Fire, and so much more at the music section. But you can also check out the directory, which has friends of the show, such as Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who Pad is still not forgiven, so he's telling me, hurry up with this segment, because I don't want to even talk about him. Nope, nope, nope. And you can also check out everything going on with Excite Wrestling, Dragon Master Games. Definitely want to give those guys a plug. that They have got a lot of good things going on over there at the home base of 8122 Productions. Definitely check out the organizational link supporting Black Lives Matter. And we definitely want to give a shout-out to all our amazing pod groups that we are in via their Podchaser pages. Because, Pad, what do I always say? If you're not on Podchaser, are you in a pod group? Nope. Enough said. So definitely shout out to Pod Nation, shout out to the Legion Independent Podcast, shout out to Alternate Reality Radio, shout out to the Apocalypse, and of course shout out to hashtag six seven podcast and our good friends over at eight one two two productions, Rich Ron, Mike C, and hashtag Big Natty Cool. He's still on Twitter, and tonight's Cobra Kai review will not be behind the paywall. Uh oh. So definitely get your popcorn ready. Your discretion is advised. Diesel will take you home for that. All that. Our T Public Store, which is going to be having a sale coming up this month as well. So if you want to get that cool ODPH swag, definitely head on over there. So much more you can find at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. So definitely click on over and check it out. That's all I got for this week. So for the one only Paddle1J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Kenem. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. Uh-huh.